It is the 200 level, episode 134. It's time. Six days from Illinois basketball starting off. We have a Big Ten schedule. I think there's only one game on the schedule overall that's pending, something on December 5th, and we'll probably get information about that. It's weird to get a schedule a week before the season actually starts. And this is such an odd position to be in, in this year of all years, when I'm super excited for Illinois basketball to get back. But we haven't had the traditional buildup to this season. So next Wednesday, when that game tips off, I think it's 1 o'clock. We got three consecutive matinees next week. It's probably not going to hit me until tip-off. And Big Ten Network going live to State Farm Center. Who knows if the commentators will actually be in the stadium or remote from Chicago. But to see Io and Kofi and Trent and DeMonte and Georgie and all these guys on the court and then the new guys, Andre Corbello, Adam Miller, maybe some Coleman Hawkins. I'm sure we'll see him early this season at, at the minimum. It's going to be one of those things that doesn't hit me until it happens. Now, Illinois football, similar kind of situation where the game at Wisconsin on that Friday night until kickoff, it didn't seem real. You know, I listened to all the Illini podcast I could beforehand. I tried to get really excited for it, and I was, but it was something that did not seem feasible for a long time. And then when it finally happened, it was about a quarter's worth of time for me to adjust to the fact that I was watching Illinois football. And kudos to them. They made sure pretty early in that game to remind you, you were in fact watching Illinois football in all its glory and, uh, well, foibles and and failures. That was pretty obvious that night. Now, we know that's not going to be the same case for this Illinois basketball team. We know this is not going to be like football season. That is a safe assumption. And our concerns, of course, turn to external factors. Do we get a season in with COVID-19? Can we play every game that's on the schedule? That looks increasingly less likely just given the nature of this thing not just in the state of Illinois or in the Midwest, but the entire country. It just seems like there are bound to be hiccups. Even if that means the other team that you're going to play, they can't make it because they have positives, right? So there will probably be interruptions. That scares me, right? What also scares me is the possibility that, you know, everything seems to be going right for you. You got Iowa, you got Kofi back. But as an Illini fan, aren't we kind of trained to expect the other shoe to drop for a worst case scenario thing to come into play? And I don't want to settle for that. I don't want to go with my worst instincts as a fan. And instead, I just want to go total Pollyanna, Kool-Aid drinking, Illini crazy fan. And that's what I'm going to do this episode. I'm going to focus on those positives. We will talk a little bit about maybe some vulnerabilities with this team. And we're so excited, understandably so, that there are certain parts of this roster that are going to leave you wanting. This is not a perfect team. But the great thing about basketball is that when you have two studs like Iowa and Kofi, when you have seniors, a glue guy like DeMonte, and what I anticipate will be a bounce-back season for Trent Frazier, a really strong senior campaign for him, and you have stud freshmen like Andre Curbelo and Adam Miller, that alone, not even factoring in hopefully a resurgent year for Georgie, or maybe a contribution from one of the wing transfers in Grandison or Hutcherson, who, by the way, has a back issue, and that might be lingering. So you have enough known quantities on this team where you know the basement, the floor, is not that low at all. And you know the ceiling is exceedingly high. You have Illinois on final four list from national riders, understandably so. You have local riders that would be that are just as high, if not more so, on this team. And I'm one of them. I'm not a rider, but you know, podcast, sports media type, whatever. I'm as high on this team as anybody. And and think that, you know what? 
everything falls into place here. There are a lot of elements, uh, the way this season is going to play out, that I think actually play to this team's advantages. We saw last year in Isaac Ambrose of the 200 level. He had tweeted this out today, and we've talked about this before. Last year's Illini team, for whatever reason, was better on the road, it seemed. The, the home environment didn't really do a whole lot for them in terms of quality of performance. Well, guess what? This year, there really is no home court. It's a bunch of neutral site games. It's like three months of true preparation for this March Madness bubble you're going to have in Indy. It's nothing but neutral court games. And it seems to be advantageous for this team, more so than, let's say, Wisconsin, where Cole Center empty. That's going to have a larger impact on them than I would say an empty State Farm Center is going to have on this Illinois team. There's a lot of factors at play, from the obvious, Iowa and Kofi, to what I just mentioned there, that make me think that this is maybe a perfect storm for this Illini basketball team to win a Big Ten title and make a deep run in the tournament. So let's have fun today. It's time. Now, we have the football podcast from a couple days ago. You got that up through the Nebraska game. We'll be back for a post game on Saturday with that. But I figured let's let's lighten things up a little bit and get ready for basketball season just six days from now. Now, before we go any further, a reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO, online at dpdo.com. Now, when you are sitting at home watching Illinois, Nebraska, or any of these three matinee games, it is Thanksgiving time, and DP Doe has an absolutely delicious Thanksgiving calzone. It's a new tradition they've done for a few years. It comes with a side of cranberry sauce. This thing is loaded and delicious. you got to check it out. And if you use coupon code MIKE, you can get $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones. Anyone that's had DP Doe knows that is a ridiculous deal. And they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. I know we're a little bit leery with the way COVID's going. You want to stay at home. You want to stay safe. Hey, do just that, and they will bring the food to you. Steve and the guys at DPDO, they've been doing it for a long time. They've been doing it right. So go to dpdo.com. Coupon code Mike for $5 calzones. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. Plenty of Illini apparel. And this holiday season, shop local. And I know that maybe they don't have a local storefront, even though you can get them at the Illini Union Bookstore. But they are a small business. And they're great at what they do. The apparel is super high quality. It looks great. I need to continue to add to my collection. And I love everything that I already have from 4th and Kirby. I think I'm going to be using this to get some Illini gifts for my family. Because I got to say, Nike, they dropped the ball. I love my Nike shoes, but the Nike Illini stuff kind of stinks. 4th and Kirby apparel, it does not stink. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at 4th and Kirby. Com. And then finally, stay from agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguide.com. Use coupon code. Wait, there is no coupon code for that, but you don't need it. You don't need it. State Farm has great deals. We knew that. But Brian and his staff, they personalize the experience. They make it very easy and seamless. He helped me and Kara with our homeowners and auto bundle, and it couldn't have gone any better. We trusted him beforehand anyways. We've known Brian for a while, but working with him was even smoother than either of us could have anticipated. So go to State Farm Agent Brian Hansen's website at brianismyguy.com for more information. Alana Inquirer, they're busy. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. They got plenty of podcasts coming up between ours, Elizabeth Hess, I Have to Ask Interview Podcast, great stuff there. And then the Champagne is also a band of music podcasts with local musicians. Check them out. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes, or I guess if we're being seasonal turkey and candied yams of this episode, a reminder, ratings and reviews, they're big. We've gotten a lot of complimentary ones. We've gotten some not so complimentary ones. I don't care what you say. Hey, we appreciate the feedback, regardless if it's five, three, or one stars. 
and it helps us move up the charts and move up that search engine when someone types Alani into their Apple podcast or whatever podcast service they may use. It is uh, very, very helpful. So we love the feedback for one, love hearing from you, and it helps our podcasts get discovered by others. So yeah, drop a line. Drop a line on Apple Podcasts especially, and that gets us moving up the chains. Okay, um, the charts. The chains, I'm thinking football here. Let's get into Illinois basketball. And a real quick programming note. Let me do a quick programming note. We were going to have Lante yesterday. Our schedules didn't ma- uh, match up for that over lunch. We will get Lon on soon. And he and I had texted yesterday. We said, well, next Wednesday, there's probably going to be a game that night. So maybe during the day we can do one because I'm off school and he's going to be chilling poolside somewhere. That's that's what Lon does. And well, it turns out the game next Wednesday is at one o'clock. So I don't know if we're going to get Lon on next week because we'll be doing post-game pods next Wednesday and next Friday after Illini basketball games. Not next Thursday. Have a good Thanksgiving. You don't need a podcast on Thanksgiving, right? You're going to be busy. But uh, we will get Lon on soon. And then in terms of what we're doing programming-wise, we got Saturday, uh, second half postgame for Illini, Nebraska. We have next Wednesday, second half postgame for, what is that, North Carolina A&T? Yeah. And then next Friday, second half postgame for Ohio. Next Saturday, yes, Illinois plays Ohio State. I don't know what time yet, 11 or 2.30. Prefer 11, so we just get it out of the way. And we will do a podcast, I guess. I don't know how entertaining or remotely interesting that game is going to be, but we'll do something, even if it's just for 40 minutes as Illinois is down. God knows how many touchdowns next Saturday. But we will be here. Come on. It's Illinois, Ohio State. How could we miss it? We'll do something. Okay, well, let's move to Illinois basketball, though. All right, I think it's like that Simon and Garfunkel, Mrs. Robinson, the nation's eyes uh, The nation's eyes slowly turn to you. What, the Joe DiMaggio line? Well, Illini Nation, our eyes are not so slowly turning to this Illini basketball season because we need it for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that football has let us down yet again, right? We kind of know what that is. But this year, and to think of the... I don't know, full circle nature of this. I was talking with some friends yesterday on Zoom and we were reflecting on this whole pandemic and as we are probably going to be hunkering down again for the next few months, thinking back to the first time that we hunkered down and how that was coming off the heels of the end of the most fun Illini basketball season since 0405. That's not hyperbole. If you think about 0506, D and James senior year, Of course, it was fun. It was kind of a victory lap for those guys, but you did not win a Big Ten title and you did not make a deep tournament run. And you lost, I think, in the first game of the Big Ten tournament. So it's not like that ended with a thud, but it wasn't quite the conclusion you hoped for for Dean James, right? So that was a, a fun year, but not like last year, right? There's something about being on the up as opposed to feeling like you're kind of coming to the end of something. 2012, 2013, John Gross's first year an amazingly fun November-December, all the way up through early January when you had a top-10 matchup at home against Minnesota. You got ran out of the gym that night, and then you went 2-7 and seven to start the Big Ten. So that was fleeting, right? That was a fleeting bit of fun that you did kind of conjure up, beating Indiana at home, making the tournament again. But you felt like your best days were ahead of you, and that was maybe just the beginning of something. Well, last year was not just the beginning of something. Last year was the arrival, and you sustain that for the entire Big Ten season, for most of January, all of February, into March, and you were primed to make a deep run, and then we know what happens. 
as I was talking with my friends yesterday, as we wait for the the beginning of going back to sporting events and going back to concerts, that sort of shared communal experience you get with tens of thousands of other people. My dad and I were so lucky to be in that stadium that night. And I think anyone that was at that Illinois-Iowa game, they'd say the same thing. So lucky, regardless of the pandemic, because that was old school assembly hall, people going nuts. It had not been that loud in there since 0405. It hadn't been for a sustained 40-minute game. It was intense. It was cathartic to beat Iowa after the way you lost to them earlier in the season. And you felt like, okay, worst case, this is probably a sixth seed in the tournament. At that point, worst, worst case would have been seventh seed, right? But you were certainly in it, and you were moving more towards that sixth line with the Big Ten tournament coming up and being primed to make a run in that Big Ten tournament. Didn't happen, right? So here we are, eight months later, and we have a new season starting, with Io back, which I don't think we anticipated would happen. We have Kofi back, and if you recall, back in April, he announced he was going pro. I remember getting that text from Trevor and Isaac and thinking, no, come on. I, there may not be a season next year anyways, but don't tell me this now, right? We get him back too. You don't have Alan Griffin? I, I will get to this later that I think that is a major absence, and it will be felt. And you can overcome it, but that, that would have been a breakout year for Alan Griffin. I don't understand why he would choose to be in Syracuse, New York, when he got a top 10 team here. I know he probably didn't figure Iowa was going to come back either, but man, would it be nice to have him. But here we are, right? After all this, this torturous year, right? And I, I hate saying that because there has been real life and death consequences this year, but even just the minutiae and the tedious nature of being home as much as we have and not having that thrill of watching our favorite sports teams live and in person. You know, there will be elements missing this year, but God dang, is it nice to have it back. And you have so many opportunities this year to make some noise nationally off the bat. We would have to go back to 0405 and I guess 0506 to when the last time Illinois came into a season with this much uh, in the way of expectations. Top 10 ranking, maybe Dean James had that their senior year, I'd have to check. 0405, they were top 10. I don't know if they were top five. It really took that Gonzaga win to get them top five for sure, and then they beat Wake Forest to take number one. But coming into the season, I think they were more like number seven or number eight. I would have to check that. But go back to the Bill Self era, his first and second years especially, when you were ranked in the top 10. And that feeling of, you know, you look down the schedule and you see the... ACC Big Ten matchup. Oh, it's Duke again. Okay, well, we're back. Or the fact you're playing Baylor on December, was that December 2nd in Indy or is that December 8th? I'm mixing those two dates up. A top 10 matchup, maybe even top five by the time we get to that. You're going to be in the conversation from the get-go. And what's exciting about this is the sense that, you know, I'm entering the season with this confidence that they're going to stick around. This team is not going to come out, lay an egg, and then all of a sudden find themselves around like 20th or 22nd in the nation and then have to work their way back. That's not going to happen. And you might say, well, Carp, why are you so sure of that? Because as Illini fans, you could even go back to Bill Self's second year when that team, it was Final Four bust, right? And they had that rocky stretch in the Big Ten where they fell back down towards 20th in the nation. They were out of the Big Ten race for a little bit before they rattled off, I think, seven or eight consecutive wins to share the title again. But there were some rough stretches that year that we didn't anticipate. So why do I not anticipate rough stretches this year? For a couple of reasons. One, Io is a special player. We know this. 
there's an intangible quality to his game that reminds me of Frank at his best. And as much as I loved Frank, there were certain games where you weren't sure, are we going to get that A-plus Frank? Are we going to get the more, you know, B-minus? He's kind of there, he's kind of not. You don't get that with Io. And this is someone that is undoubtedly going to be a first-round draft pick next year. So he's playing for more than just wins on the court. He is playing to solidify his status in the draft. But there's not that concern that you might have with other guys that he's going to be out there to pad his stats or anything like that. No, we, we know that's not the case, right? There's enough of a track record with how Io plays that you can go best case scenario and feel pretty safe and sound that that's exactly what's going to happen. Of course, with the caveat that he and the other key guys on this team stay healthy. I'll just say that once. I won't broach that again because, listen, every team's facing that where the health of the team is the caveat, right? We know what we get from Io. We do. We know that Kofi's only going to be better. And as good as Kofi was last year, right? Especially towards the tail end of the season, the last month, fantastic. Early in the season, fantastic. He had a little bit of a stretch in early to mid-January where he was good, but not great. It would be difficult to think that he's not going to come out that much better this year. And you take those two factors alone. Two guys, your two best players, they're going to be not exponentially better, but measurably better. Is that enough to offset, let's say, the loss of an Alan Griffin? I think potentially. I think so. Um, because that will just simply elevate everything around them. Kofi and his ability to dominate down low is going to open up everything for the guys in the perimeter. you got to think you're going to be a better shooting team this year, right? One, because you just weren't good last year, so naturally they have to be better. Two, because Trent is bound to have a breakout year. He's going to look more like freshman year Trent, I would think. I would be honestly shocked if you don't see a very good senior year from Trent Frazier. But also these new guys. Don't discount Adam Miller. Maybe Big Ten Freshman of the Year quality kind of guy, maybe not. I don't know if he's going to get enough shots to be in that conversation, but I get the feeling that when he gets those opportunities, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about really a transition period for Adam Miller. And then the fact that you have Andre Crabello to take the onus off of some of the other guys in the backcourt. Crabello probably won't start from the outset, but he's going to be getting plenty of playing time. What, 20 minutes a game? Uh, I think that's a safe bet for how good he is. And then that can allow Io and Trent and Adam Miller to play off the ball. I love that. And I think that that's going to save a lot of energy for Io and Trent that when it comes down to it in the game situations, Io especially will have plenty of juice left in the tank. And that's all why I think you can offset the loss of an Alan Griffin. Offset the loss, don't laugh now of a Kipper Nichols, right? If there's a concern, of course, on this team, it is the wing, the three slash four, who's going to be able to bang down low, get the rebounds, things like that. DeMonte against smaller lineups, I have no doubt he will. In fact, you'll probably start the year with him at a small four. And that's, that's a very small four, but with everything that he does out there and as good as he is defensively, I'm not overly concerned about that until you play some teams that have a bunch of bangers on it. If you do, is Georgie going to be better than he was last year? Back to this idea of Iowa and Kofi, I think just by nature, they're going to be measurably better. Yes, I think Georgie will be better. I don't think you're going to see January 2020 Georgie this year. And that was rough. We lived through it. We, we saw those, what, seven, eight game stretch where he couldn't make bunnies. There was a weird Chuck Knobloch throwing from second to first thing going on with Georgie offensively, and then that trickled down into his defensive performance, which was bad for a stretch. I think he bounces back because just coming into the season, the expectations are not going to be there for Georgie to be some all-Big Ten level player. He's a role player, 
And we'll see if that is something that can take a little bit off of his shoulders at the beginning of the season and then manifest itself into some really good on-court performances. I think it's possible. You know, I, I, I trust Georgie to an extent that he did what he had to do in the offseason to fix those things that were issues last year. And just by the talent that's around him, you are not asking for a whole lot. So what does that leave then? You know, those are all the givens. Those are the things we feel good about, your core. So let's give it a starting lineup, right? Isaac actually put a, a poll up that I retweeted on the 200 level Twitter account today. You know that Io and Trent and Kofi are going to start. We know that. How do you round out your starting lineup? I went with Miller and DeMonte. I went with Miller and DeMonte. Miller because I think, listen, this guy's too damn good. We're so excited about Io coming back. But keep in mind, if Io had not come back, I think our excitement for Adam Miller would be that much higher. This is a legitimate four-slash-five-star guy that Illinois has not gotten very much in the last decade. And maybe he's not on par with Io. I, I don't know. I mean, few guys are. If you think about the impact that Io has had on this program, that's a very high bar to clear. But Adam Miller, in his own right, is an exceptional player. I think he starts. I think that shooting ability, along with Trent, it's a damn good backcourt. Hey, by the way, DeMonte, he was making threes last year. He was your best three-point shooter, which, you know, that's good news, bad news. He was your best three-point shooter for about a month last year. He can make him a little bit. I could see offensively a Chester Frazier-like senior year where he's not going to shoot a lot, but he'll be efficient enough. And you know all the other things he does for you. I, I look back to the early parts of last year when we got so frustrated, myself included, about DeMonte's inability to score. That was becoming almost comical. Right? I don't know how long that stretch was and how many Big Ten games were played before he finally scored. And then he knocks down, what, two or three threes against Maryland in the first half of that game at the State Farm Center, and he didn't look back. You could count on about two threes a game from DeMonte. So well, I think that could continue. But I think that's Miller and DeMonte. That will round out your starting five, meaning Andre Crabello is your first guard off the bench. He can spell Trent and I from the ball handling duties let's say, you know, the 15, 14 minute mark of the first half. You have Georgie that depending on the matchup could come in for DeMonte or Kofi. And then it comes down to the unknowns. And yeah, I am considering Adam Miller and Andre Corbello known quantities. I think we know these guys will be good from the start and you can plug them in and they're going to contribute and they won't have as many freshmen issues as a lot of other freshmen would because these guys these are exceptional players we need to be excited about these guys of course I was the guy that said Mark Smith was the next D Brown maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about Andre Corbello and Adam Miller but I would be wrong with everybody else there's a reason these guys are getting uh the high heaps of praise that they are so that means where this team goes is contingent on that core but the ceiling can be raised that much more if let's say Jacob Grandison can be an impact wing. What do I mean by impact wing? That's a good question because we see with the transfer market, it's so unreliable in a lot of ways that I can't sit here and say, well, I expect him to go out and score eight points a game and grab you five boards. I, I don't know that. But he's got size. He's a good shooter. And I think that we will see him fairly early and fairly often. There's not a lot of other six foot seven guys that you can pencil in at the three or four. And DeMonte, as much as I like him, is undersized depending on the matchup. So you will see Jacob Grandison early on. Austin Hutcherson with the lingering back issue, that's a concern. 
keep him off the court until you absolutely need him. And that might hurt in a game like Baylor or Duke, teams that I presume have length. But save him for Big Ten, or really the uh, the stretch in January, February, where you got a lot more games. Whatever you got to do to get him healthy, do so. Coleman Hawkins, we don't talk about him. Do we expect 10 minutes a game from him? Probably not, but could he come out there and give you six, seven, eight minutes a game, depending on the matchup? Maybe so. He's got a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. The coaches are high on him. Brandon Lieb, wouldn't count on too much for him. Uh, Jermaine Hamlin, <laughs> I mean, probably not. Tyler Underwood, hey, he's back. He's your fifth guard, even though I think you might. Well, that's not true. DeMonte is technically a guard, guard slash forward. So I don't know how much Tyler Underwood, Underwood we're going to see this year, apart from the early games. When you got to play three games in three days. So we will see some really unusual rotations, I think, next week. But the ceiling is not going to be exponentially raised by any of those names that I just mentioned, right? The ceiling is set and established by the core of this team, which we know is very strong. And as long as they do their jobs, you're going to be fine. You're going to be favorites in the Big Ten. No doubt in my mind about that. But man, wouldn't it be great if Grandison or Hutcherson, just one of them, one of them becomes a proven commodity at the wing position? Wouldn't it be great if Coleman Hawkins is kind of a, a surprising freshman year for someone that I feel like maybe we criminally underrated? We never talk about him by virtue of getting Adam Miller and Andre Corbello in the same class, but Coleman Hawkins has a chance to be pretty good. He's not a schmuck. You know, he's not, it wasn't a guy that you took a flyer on as a purely developmental recruit. That's not who he is. So there we go. You got to like the rotation. You got to like the roster. With the schedule, this is where it gets fun. And I don't want to fall into the dare to dream trap because I understand it is a futile effort and we could sit here and we could predict one game after the other. And we don't know how good all these teams are going to be when. The games actually start, right? It is presumptuous at best to think that, well, let's take a look at the schedule. That's clearly a win because it's this team. No, no, no. We don't know that yet, but I will say in terms of scheduling breaks, it has been a long time since Illinois has gotten a scheduling break like they got with this Big Ten schedule. First, I'll run down it real quick. Beginning December 15th, Minnesota at Illinois. December 20th at Rutgers. December 23 at Penn State. December 26, Indiana at home. January 2nd, Purdue on the road. Thursday, January 7th, Northwestern on the road. Sunday, January 10th, Maryland at home. Wednesday, January 13th, Nebraska on the road. January 16th, Ohio State at home. January 20th, Penn State at home. January 23rd, at Michigan State. This work gets a little bit tough here. At Michigan State on the 23rd. January 29th, Iowa at home. That's the one. February 2nd, at Indiana. February 6th, Wisconsin at home. February 11th at Michigan. That is the five-game stretch right there that may decide the Big Ten title. At Michigan State, Iowa at home, Indiana on the road, Wisconsin at home, at Michigan. That's the stretch. And then you end with a pretty nice stretch of games to pad that resume, or pad the win column, I should say. Northwestern at home, at Minnesota, Nebraska at home, at Wisconsin, of course that'll be tough, and then at Ohio State. Okay, now here's the deal. Whenever you look at a schedule, it's all about the single plays. And your single plays this year include, let's see here, Iowa at home, Michigan State on the road, Michigan on the road, Purdue at home, Maryland at home, Rutgers away. Now, is it 
good news that you don't get Michigan State, Michigan, or Rutgers at home, that you got to go to their arenas. Nah, it's not. But you only have to play them once. And in this year of all years, where it's not really any home court advantage that you have to speak of, Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, Maryland, and Rutgers, I'd have to look into Purdue a little bit more, but those are all tournament teams. That is a very easy schedule. You do play Indiana twice. They will be better. Wisconsin, you play them twice. That's the toughest two play that you have. Ohio State, or the Wesson brothers still there, they'll be fine. I don't know how great they're going to be, but you play them twice. But then Minnesota, Penn State, Nebraska, Northwestern, that could be eight wins right there. And I don't think that's crazy to say. Penn State losing their coach. They're going to have a transition process going on there. Minnesota, do you trust them? I don't. Nebraska, Northwestern, you could go 7-1, 8-0 against that. I don't want to say easily because I don't think that's the case, but that is a scheduling break and a half. I can go back to Bill Self's first year. You played Michigan State once at home, paint the whole orange, the first paint the whole orange game. That was a major scheduling break. And keep in mind, you shared the title that year. If you would flip that and only played at Michigan State, you maybe do not win the Big Ten title in 2000-2001. If you go to 04-05, I'm pretty sure that you only played Michigan State once, and that was on the road. So you can say, well, maybe that isn't a scheduling break, but you only had to play them once. Wisconsin, you played, you did play Wisconsin twice that year. I'm trying to think of any other single plays, but you know, that team was so good. I don't know how many scheduling breaks they needed. But man... This right here, Iowa once. And the first thought I had when I saw that was, that is a damn crime. We remember how fun those games were last year. I know the game at Iowa, I think they ended up winning by seven or eight. They stretched it out, but that was a great basketball game. The same sort of tense anxiety we felt in that game on March 8th at the State Farm Center, we felt for the most part on Super Bowl Sunday watching that Illinois-Iowa game. It was back and forth. Andres Feliz, I mean, I know we lost that game, but one of the indelible images of last year was Feliz grabbing a board or just taking it away from an Iowa guy and putting it right back up for a layup, which you are going to miss Andres Feliz. I, I can't believe I didn't address that, but Alan Griffin, of course, but Andres Feliz, that's a big loss. And I really like Rebello and Miller. I think that production-wise, you will be able to replicate that. But can you get the same sort of intangible qualities that Feliz brought to the court? I don't know. That's where Iowa is really going to have to pick up the slack there, and Trent too, to an extent. But this schedule, the single plays, you got to love it. Iowa right smack dab in the middle of that Big Ten schedule. And, and I mentioned this before. This is the five-game five stretch that I think decides it for you. At Michigan State, Iowa at home, at Indiana, Wisconsin at home, and at Michigan. To me, that's the stretch. I like that you get Wisconsin at home in that stretch. Love that you get Iowa at home. And again, what does home court advantage matter? I think it still matters in that you do not have to travel and all the inconveniences associated with that. You get to wake up in your own bed, go to the oven, your place, you have your routine. That gets interrupted on the road regardless of if there's fans in the stands or not. So of course you take the home game. So what are we looking at? That is a 20-game schedule. Is that correct? We have one, two, three, four, five, six single plays. So six plus, let's see, 14. That's 20 conference games, which I guess this is the third year, third or fourth year they've done that. 
starting early again in December 15th, they have these weeks built into it that will provide a little bit of leeway in terms of scheduling for these teams in case of any interruptions. And I can almost guarantee that there will be interruptions. I hate to say that, but there probably will be. And you just hope that, man, whatever they got to do to keep Io and Kofi and Trent, the key guys, keep them isolated in a way, even from each other. I mean, Io, I hope he has no roommates. I really do. I hope he has no roommates because if he gets it and then he got contact tracing and for whatever reason, him and Kofi are living together. Oh my God. We saw that with Brandon Peters and Doug Kramer, right? One of them had it. One of them was a roommate. Guess what? They're both out. And you don't want those situations, especially when you have all this excitement. You want to see this thing play out. You want to see this thing come to its natural end without getting interrupted by this stupid virus, which is a hell of a lot more prevalent than it was even at the start of football season. So what is in favor of this team? Why do I think that they're going to have a great run this year? Can I start with something that is not based on any sort of evidence or science or anything like that? Like there's no, there's no logic behind this, but call it a hunch. Okay. Think of the history of Illinois basketball, the close calls, 89, 2005. I'll even go to Bill Self's first team. That was a national championship contender right there. Go to 83, 84, two elite eight teams, 83, 84 and 2000, 2001 that could have damn well won the national title and they didn't. So here we are, we're starved for that national title. Wouldn't it make sense, given the history of Illinois basketball, that in this season of all seasons, it was finally the one where they get that monkey off the back. The COVID-infested 2021 season, they finally raised that banner for a national title. In the bubble, in Indy, and yes, no fans, absolutely. But think of the convenience factor here. NCAA announces that they are moving to put the NCAA tournament, all of it, in a bubble in Indianapolis. They can do this. That would work. And presuming there's not going to be a Big Ten tournament, because why the hell would there need to be? I hope they don't. It's one of those things that if Illinois won the regular season title, I'd just bow out and say, you know what, we're just quarantining for the tournament that actually matters. So we'll see it about the Big Ten and their decision-making with that. But think about that. Bubble in Indy, short trip, convenience factor. This team will be as well-prepared as any for it, which I know we felt that last year. God, that team on a neutral court in a tournament setting, they, they can do some damage. Well, this team, find me other teams in the nation, not just in the Big Ten, but in the nation that are as well-equipped for this weirdness that we're about to go through. The fact that on the road and in neutral sites, this team did pretty damn well last year. Actually, I say neutral sites. How many neutral site games did they have? But at least on the road, right? That bodes well. It Fans at the State Farm Center, it, it helped in the Iowa game. It did. There's no doubt that that was a factor in winning that game. But for the most part, the fans at the State Farm Center seemed to make them a little bit tighter. Can't explain why. I don't know why it was that they could go on the road and win at Penn State, not handily, but control that game for about 40 minutes. And then they come home and have two crap halves, one against Maryland, one against Michigan State. I don't know how that was uh, what happened for this team, but it, it just was. The home crowd seemed to be good and bad for them. You take all that out, now it's just about playing basketball. And this team, 
with the leaders that you have on this team is senior Trent Frazier, junior Ayo Desumu, All-American candidate who, guess what? He's going to wrap up that All-American berth. Like, do we have any doubt that he's going to do this? I don't. He has more highlight game-winning plays in his two-year Illini career than some of my favorite Illini guys did in all four. We know he's going to get it done. I've never had so much confidence that a 20-year-old kid is going to get it done. And then you have Kofi as a sophomore who's going to be that much more polished and improved. Goodness. I mean, you, you have these things that other teams simply do not. And it just seems in this year of all years, why not let this be the one where the monkey comes off the back? A national title in 2021. I will take a couple steps back, though, and say, okay, do I need a national title this year? Of course not. Because for one, you can't count on it. Tournaments are crapshoots. Even the best teams in any given year in college basketball, how often are they the ones who actually hoist that trophy on National Championship Monday? And I don't know what the percentage would be. It'd be hard to break it down, but it isn't all that high compared to other sports. That's just the nature of a single elimination tournament. But a Big Ten championship, regular season, 20 games in which to do it in empty arenas where you don't go to a Cole Center with 18,000 screaming, rabid Badger fans. Hey, I'm taking my chances this year of all years. I love it. I'd rather be in the State Farm Center, but for this team and their ability to rattle off a ton of Big Ten wins, empty stadiums, all right. It's all about playing ball. That's it. And part of the fun of sports, right, is is being in that arena and contributing to that atmosphere. But you're probably similar to me in this. When we watch road games, don't you kind of hate it? Because you feel like the cards are stacked against you at Carver Hawkeye, at the Kohl Center, even at that stupid arena in Ohio State, which isn't a great home environment, and yet we don't seem to win there. I know they did two years ago, but it just seems more often than not we lose at Ohio State, even against some eh, whatever Ohio State teams. So to me, as much as I enjoy watching wins on the road, I mean, that's amazing, right? More often than not, I am frustrated as hell watching road games and hearing the stupid crowd cheering against my team. That frustration, it's not going to happen this year. We'll watch watch them at Rutgers in a gym that last year was kind of a rocking environment. Well, guess what? Now it's just a glorified high school gym. And now you just get to play a basketball game against a team that, at the end of the day, you're better than. I like my chances. Cole Center, same thing. Breslin Center, No Spartan fans in attendance. I like our chances. I don't know how many of these 20 games this team's going to win. They are not going to go 20 0. Okay. As much as I love that 0405 team, or sorry, as much as I love this team, they are not 0405. I'd be very surprised if they were. They aren't quite as old, meaning if you look at that starting five back in 0405, that was juniors and seniors, right? Seniors in Luther and Roger, juniors in D, Darren and James. We don't have that mix. They are older. They got plenty of experience, but that team had already been through the ringer. They had won a Big Ten title. They had made a Sweet 16 appearance. They were living up to lofty expectations, unsurprisingly so. This team, as good as they are, and as good as they are in this college basketball season, does have holes. You do not have a proven wing that you feel great about. You, get, you love the backcourt. And you love Kofi. 
But how much depth do you have in the front court if Georgie is off again? Depending on the matchup, if you got an opposing wing who's 6'8", can shoot the three, take it to the rim. I love DeMonte, but can you count on him to defend that guy for a good chunk of the game and be successful at it? So there are holes on this team. You do lose Andres Feliz. He'll be in the G League, working his way up to the NBA. He was the bulldog on last year's team. And you could argue, at times, the most reliable. We know what Io did, right? But damn, there was a stretch last year for about six weeks where game in, game out, Andres Feliz, you look up at the scoreboard, he'd have 14 points. And you say, how? How does he have 14 points already? There's 10 minutes left in the game. That's just what he did. He quietly was getting 15, 16 points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds. He was, I can't say underrated. We all appreciated Andres Feliz. But when this book is written about this era of Illinois basketball, and I would love for it to be culminated this year in a Final Four appearance in a Big Ten title, right? But when that book is written, Andres Feliz is going to have a major role in it. So there are holes. If you tell me this is the roster plus Alan Griffin, oh, that breaks my heart. I loved watching Alan Griffin play, not just because of his crazy shooting ability. When he got hot, he was making it. We knew it. But there was an energy that he brought to the court too. And I know he wasn't a perfect defender, but he seemed to make play after play after play. You're going to miss him. That's still a puzzling move to me. And I wish he wouldn't have left, but best of luck. And fortunately, he got enough horses to overcome that, I think. So that's the bad news, if you can even call it that. That is, I guess, more uncertainty. We can't think that this team isn't going to have a stinker or two or five this season. Even Bill Self's teams here, they had some games that made you pull your head out because pull your hair out, excuse me, because the offense could grow really stagnant at times. That high low thing, it wasn't always working. And if Frank wasn't really feeling it that night, ugh. I mean, if you remember that Michigan State Illinois game, Super Bowl Sunday, Frank Williams last year, this would have been Bill Self's second year. That was Billy Packer calling Frank a dog. That was uncalled for. But Frank was bad that that game and he was bad for a few weeks there so we even the best Illini teams have had their moments of frustration so this is not going to be you know 26 27 games however many it is in the regular regular season of oh man this is every every minute so much fun but at the end of the day if you go back to last year and the extended stretches were even on offense especially they struggled that team had a toughness to them and even in the absence of Andres Feliz and the sort of reckless abandon with which Alan Griffin played, sometimes to a fault when he, what, kicked the Purdue guy. Was that in the head or in the groin area? I, for, I forget, but it was pretty dumb. But even with those factors being removed, there was toughness on this team. And Io, you know, we look at him more as the guy that gets the shot at the end of the game. We look at him as the closer. He's a pretty damn tough player. You look at DeMonte, same thing. And Kofi, same thing. This is someone that's not afraid to get down there and, and get a little bruised and battered, even though he's really the guy that's often doing it to the opposing big. So all that at play, the talent level is there. The intangibles are there. The weirdness of this year is beneficial, I believe, to this team and what they showed us last year. Big 10 title or bust. I do think that is a fair expectation. I, I don't think to sit here and say that Illinois should be the favorite to win that title. And if they didn't win a title, it would be disappointing. That is not hyperbole. 
All these factors have come into play. You are primed and you are ready. And of course, I'm concerned about the 2021 class and all that, but I think if you have a good enough season, recruiting will take care of itself. In a delayed fashion, and maybe in the spring for the 2021 class, or maybe it doesn't really come to fruition until the 2022 class, but you get the job done on the court this year. As long as we can get the season in, then that will pay dividends. And it didn't for Weber. I get it, you know, but I think that there wasn't a track record for Bruce Weber at Illinois to begin with that would have suggested that, oh, he'll he'll turn it around based on wins. We've already seen Brad Underwood get guys when you weren't all that good. So when he's got the staff that he has and you add success on the court this year, it should work itself out. But it's time. And trying to think of what to name this podcast. That was those are the two words that came to my mind. Last Saturday or two Saturdays ago after Lovey and his team lost to Minnesota. Enough already. I'm done. Enough already. Today, it's time. We all feel it. We're ready for Illini basketball, partially because of the stink, stinkitude of Illinois football, but mostly because this is going to be a fantastic team. And it's time. Let's do it. Six days from now, we are going to be there the whole way. If not every single game, most games, we will do a second half postgame podcast That means a lot of 200 levels coming up, and it will be a rotating door. We got Isaac and Harry and Trevor. Depending on availability, they will be along for the ride, and uh, maybe some other guys along the way. Gradually, we'll try to get some interview podcasts, whether that be with Lon. I need to get Brightweiser on the show and see if he doesn't have a coaching list for football yet, but it's nice to have this to look forward to. The pandemic is going to be a factor. We saw this today, actually. It was Michigan State and Maryland. Their football game got canceled. Maryland has an outbreak, and it's not gotten any better. And football, it's going to probably happen more. When you think of that many guys on a team and the close quarters in which they interact, that makes sense. That 90 or so athletes, it could spread like wildfire. Hopefully, basketball, especially with most students going back from Thanksgiving until, what, mid-January, I don't know if things are going to cool down necessarily in terms of COVID-19. They probably won't. They'll probably get worse after Thanksgiving and Christmas, but maybe on the campus environment, it'll be safe enough. I do have to say one thing, though, this Missouri game. We didn't talk about the coin flip and how we're playing at Missouri. If they got COVID going on like crazy down there, I I know you're going to play the game, but I'm just thinking it would just be our damn luck if you stay at a Howard Johnson. are Are there even Howard Johnsons anymore? Down in Columbia, Missouri, And then he can track COVID-19 in a COVID-infested town of Columbia, Missouri. Listen, I cannot really cast dispersions sitting here in Champaign-Urbana as we are witnessing our own outbreak getting worse in town. But I'm, I'm just thinking I really don't like Missouri. And you might be asking, what, the state or the school? Can I say both? Never been to Columbia, Missouri. I'm sure it's fine. But... Ugh! when they flipped that stupid coin after 30 minutes, I didn't watch it, but I, I got frustrated even at the thought that we had 30 minutes of a preamble with Andy Katz and then what, the president or chancellor of Missouri and then Josh Whitman get, just flipped the damn coin. It was cute until about five minutes into that broadcast, I bet. So I'm just saying, don't let that be. Don't let a non-conference game against Missouri, as much as that rivalry means to all of us, this team has bigger fish to fry than beating Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith. Though, won't it be nice when they do? They can't lose that game, right? It's not going to happen. They got to beat him. They got to beat him like a drum. 30-point win, whatever it may be. 
we need to exercise the demons from the last two years because the last two Bragging Rights games sucked. Weird to think that Brad Underwood, he won it the first year when that was the Missouri team that made the tournament. But your first year, I think Mark Smith had a decent game. Trent went off, if I recall, uh, when he was a freshman. So, yeah, win that game and just don't get sick. And actually, I could say that for any time that we go outside of Champaign-Urbana, outside of this University of Illinois bubble where we got all the testing and all that, and so far they've stayed safe, I'll be holding my breath and hoping that I don't get a Twitter notification that up at uh, you know Madison, there's another one, up at Madison all of a sudden you have a couple players coming down with it. So this is going to be that lingering cloud over the season. And maybe the best thing for me to do, you know, you want to be aware of it. You want to give this pandemic the appropriate weight. I mean, 250,000 people dead. This is a tragedy, you know, and, and what's a college basketball game compared to that? It's not, it's, it's not important. But if we were to focus just on the sports side of it, and somehow getting this season to its completion, relatively uninterrupted, and not getting anyone sick, or severely ill for that matter. Even healthy guys will occasionally get severely ill from this. You know, that's the moral and ethical part of this, of me hopping on this microphone and knowing that there are far bigger fish to fry and far bigger issues than a college basketball game, but also recognizing that for selfish reasons, me and a bunch of other college basketball fans, we want to get this done. And so do the basketball players and so do the coaches and all that. Then the question just simply becomes, can they do it safely? I hope, given the nature of this game and the smaller, just the sheer numbers, 12 players as opposed to 90 in a locker room, that they can somehow get this done and get it done safely. If they do, and we win a Big Ten title, and we win that elusive national title, even if we didn't get to watch any of those games in person, that's not going to take any of the shine off. It's going to be memorable. I'm going to put it up there with my favorite Illini seasons of all time. And isn't it exciting to know as we enter the season, it could in fact be one of those special years. It's time. Let's do it. All right. On that note, we are back Saturday for a second half postgame podcast, Illinois, Nebraska. I don't feel good about it, but whatever. We're going to have fun talking about it anyway, regardless of outcome and if Illinois wins, I guess that continues this narrative of could they make the comeback? Oh, you're two and three. Ohio State's coming to town. Or it could be the opposite where Nebraska takes control of that game. The offense does what it has typically done against Lovey Smith's defenses. And then we can start making our coaching list, which, by the way, I'm starting to investigate. I cannot give you a tiered list like me and Breitweiser had back in the day. But I'm working on it, and if you have ideas, send me them on fan, uh, at my Twitter profile, Fanboy Carp. We got a few of them. Sean Lewis from Kent State. He's got a John Gross kind of thing about him. You know, the young, energetic guy, and I think maybe I'm just leery after doing the John Gross thing. You got Buffalo's coach, Lance Leopold, who may be a boring candidate in that he's not some young, sexy guy, but he wins. But do you really want a Mac coach or do you want to go with a coordinator? So these are all the conversations that assuming Saturday goes how we think it may go. Those conversations are forthcoming. But lucky for Whitman and the decision makers here with Illinois basketball starting up, at the very least, you have a diversion, you have a distraction. So not all full focus will be on Lovey Smith and this football program. So, hey, that's a benefit to them. But we'll be back Saturday. We'll be back next Wednesday. And next Friday, and then also next Saturday, 
all these post-game pods coming up. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Before we go, a reminder, DPDO online at dpdo.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones, and they have a great Thanksgiving calzone. You got to try this. It's a new tradition, two, three years old, fan favorite here in town. I have personally not tried it, but I know people who have that they swear by this Thanksgiving calzone. So go to dpdo.com, use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones, $6 premium in construction zones. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That's dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. Hey, shop local. And maybe they don't have a storefront here in Champaign-Urbana, but they are a small business with Illini guys that run it. They are a local business, mom and pop kind of operation that they put great stuff out there. So go to fourthandkirby.com, use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order for stocking stuffers, for larger gifts. It's all good at fourthandkirby.com. It's got the carpenter stamp of approval. So to State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Helped us out with the move, homeowners and auto insurance, and it was as seamless as it possibly could have been. So go to brianismyguy.com for more information today. Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Hope you all stay safe, stay healthy. On Friday, you might be listening to this on Friday, but we're going into those tier three mitigations. It sucks, right? It does. Huber's, our neighborhood bar, it's actually in our neighborhood now. It's closed until the spring. I think they're going to be fine. But these are scary times. Support your local businesses. Buy gift cards. Support them any way that you can. We can get through this. But it's going to be a a rough couple, two, three months here. In the meantime, I hope you all stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. And thanks for all the feedback. Rate and review us, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you may listen to the 200 level. And we'll see you Saturday for some hot Illini football action. Oh, yeah. It is the 200 level.